Welcome to the Fitness Queens podcast, empowering your mind and sculpting your body. Join your hosts, multiple fitness world champions, Alicia Kirios and Stephanie McHugh, as we explore all things female health, training, competing, mindset, and living the fitness life every day. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the very first episode post-Christmas of We <laughs> Fitness Queens with my beautiful After the new host. year. Happy New Year, everybody, and Happy New Year to you, Ali. Refreshed, ready to roll. 2024 is before us, and we're ready to kill it, aren't we? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And, you know, look, we were talking about, um, you know, offline, the things that we're stepping into in 2024 and recognizing that show schedule and show season, the competitive season is right upon us. And I literally just did this post in the last week. I had, you know, we're having just a conversation, the team and I, and we're talking about red flags. And one of my girls was like, I'm just going to record you for a second. And we ended up doing a post and we made it, you know, quite conversational style post. And um, it got a lot of, had a lot of comments and a lot of inboxes from it. And, you know, it made me kind of go, hey, Steph, I think we should probably, you know, let's kick off the year with this because it is such an important topic about the fact that, you know, just because you decide you want to compete doesn't mean that then you go hit the ground running with a 12-week cut and get on stage. There is so much more to it. Did you just say 12-week cut? Oh, Um, what? what? They're just going in straight to just a prep. A common misconception. Yeah. And so, so, and we were talking about this because we obviously see this a lot in our client base with conversations, you know, moments and conversations that are being raised where you're like, oh, you are so far from being able to actually mm. start a prep process now that we, you know, we need to actually revisit and take four or five steps backwards and set yes. these things up first. And, you know, like, we were just chatting about it, Steph, offline, you know, relationship with food is one of the biggest things. And it's a big red flag if someone is incapable of having, you know, a solid and healthy and balanced approach to things, you know, like there are a lot of red flags that, that pop up for me that are indicators that, okay, this is not right timing. This is not right season. This is not right for you right now. And that, you know, I will then go into those conversations with clients, but on that note, Steph, what are your sort of top five when you go, oh, oh, my God, that is a flag. Now oh, man. Look, going off what you just said, because I think it is uh, like for a first time competitor, they're thinking 12 week preps, you know, 14 weeks, 16 week preps, or heck, I've even heard as crazy as eight weeks <laughs> for oh something like that. Oh, do a show. I want to do an eight week prep or a six week prep. <laughs> and I'm like looking crazy. <laughs> like, uh, you competed before. I think that's like my number one question first, because <laughs> if it's a seasoned competitor, different yeah. story, you know, like if you have maybe sufficient muscle mass, which is really my number one. Like, I think anyone that goes into a show has to number one, have sufficient muscle mass to even lean out properly. If you don't have that foundation, the layers underneath the body fat to actually say, Hey, I'm going to peel back these layers and see what I got under there. Uh, which is essentially what this process is guys. Like if you haven't already built, you know, some solid foundation, maybe some years underneath your belt of strength training and hear me out because strength training is the biggest portion here. I've had 
athletes, and I say athletes because they have maybe been more cardiovascular endurance athletes that have came and they wanted to do a show. And it's like, man, like you're great at cardio. You're great at agility. You're great at explosiveness, but you don't have the power for strength and you don't have sufficient muscle mass to be able to, let's say, get leaner and see something better. So in that case, number one thing I have to look at, and I would say as my number one is muscle mass, muscle tissue, right? Lean muscle mass. So number one would be years underneath their belts, how much muscle tissue they have, and can they actually do a cut and not suffer? Meaning, of course, it's going to be gruesome, but not suffer in the aspect hormonally, yeah. that deteriorate their health. Um, I think those are the first things that what I would definitely look at. Secondly, would just be if they have really bad relationships with food, like you said, I think that's a big, yeah. huge red flag, mm. huge red flag with the food. Like if they don't know really categories, what these food categories do, how they supply you fuel and how to actually combine meals. Cause people that don't have a good relationship with foods then actually go into this all strict mentality and can't do, you know, obviously some other things. And doesn't mean that you have to be extremely flexible because I actually don't believe in going into the last few weeks. We've had this conversation on the podcast. It's good to a certain extent. And then you got to like pick up the level of yeah. how you actually, you know, go into prep. Meticulousness. So, yeah, yeah. It just goes into how you actually can address food. Do you understand the value? Do you understand, you know, what it does for you? You have no bad relationships with food. So I think that that would be my second. Um, my third would definitely be like probably someone that has never done this period, like particularly with someone that's never done a prep, has not tracked food in general, like just doesn't yeah. understand yeah. tracking output. Like for me, it's really expenditure, even tracking, because some individuals don't understand how much they're burning, how much they're expending calorically. Um, therefore they don't ever create a deficit correctly or in a time manner. So mm -hmm. that would be understanding your output, your intake. And so that would be tracking just in general, just knowing where your base level is at, what creates a deficit, um, what kind of strategy, which leads me into my, I guess, next one would be like not having a game plan and just not knowing how this process works. So yeah, yeah it's going to be tough. Yeah. It's going to be a little Hungry, a little luck sometimes. Yeah, but then you're gonna have good days. So it's like just understanding the process, your forecast. I always say this to all my clients. I'm gonna give you a little forecast because, like, I watch the news just for the forecast. <laughs> like, I don't know about you, but I don't watch the news <laughs> to know what the hell is going on because the media is just in my forecast. <laughs> I just want to know what the weather is like. So I want to know if it's going to rain. I want to know if it's, you know, going to be sunny for the next few days. So a forecast mm -hmm. to me as a coach telling my client is like, this is what to expect. So if you don't know what to expect and you don't know what's to come, you don't know what a game plan to have, then we're probably not ready. So which leads me into yeah. probably, you know, having body issues or the wrong timeline. So you've got just so much going on. It's just not realistic. It's just not a realistic time. That's actually a great prep. one. That's a great one because, like, yeah, the red flag of schedule already too full, commitments mm -hmm. already, you know, way too heavy for you to actually lean into it and execute it without additional undue stress. Exactly. Exactly. I like that one. I didn't actually have that one, but I think that's a great one and probably one that most people, you know, overlook. Um, mm. So I think that's yeah. great. And, you know, we sort of talked about some of the things that pop up where we're like, oh, okay, 
need to reassess this. And I think, you know, on the back end of that for our first time competitors, um, I would suggest finding out what your why is. And I know we've talked about this on previous episode pod, um, podcast episodes, but it's like, it should never come from a place of I'm racing away from this. I need to change this about myself. I need to look different because of, you know, usually stemming to self-confidence and esteem issues. Um, yes. Instead, it should come from a place of, hey, I want to set myself this challenge. I want to take myself to another level. I want to chase self-improvement. I want progression in my physique. And, you know, I really want to test myself as an athlete. Like it should be about those conversations. And I find if it is largely, you've tended to already tick the boxes on the things that are key parameters to know that you can have a successful prep. And so on the back end of that, if you're not running away from something and you're running towards something and you're trying to challenge your limits, um, usually you are already exhibiting a lifestyle conducive to prep. And what I mean by that is, and we've talked about this, you are really quite good with tracking. You have a mm. level of accuracy. You are really yeah. well, you know, you've got a good nutritional literacy, really well versed in, you know, the basics on nutrition and fuel and timing and why things might be incorporated into the diet and the impact they have on you. You know, you would be someone who has followed a training regime and you are not a gimmicky tick and flick and follow all your influences and change things because you feel a little unmotivated one week. You're someone that does the basics, executes them well, masters them continuously, progressively loads with them and probably has the same lifting structure for eight to 10 weeks even. Sometimes I get 12 weeks out of mine as long as I can continue to load. But the point being... Yes. It's not about chasing or avoiding monotony and you're not looking for yeah. something to constantly spice things up. What you're doing is you're embedding yourself in the process of getting better at something, like, like absolutely mastering something over a period of time and continuously week in, week out, session in, session out looking to improve on the last session. It's that mentality. So you would be exhibiting that. You would also be someone who's already implemented a pretty substantial build phase, like where you are like, I'm here, I'm trying to grow, I want to get strong, I want to change my shape and my physique. I'm not, I'm not stressed about staying the same weight, gaining a little weight and not losing weight. I'm not looking to shrink. I'm actively leaning into this space of, you know, potential more curves and potential discomfort. But it's more about, um, you know, challenging yourself in that space before you even try a cut phase. And to be fair, you should also have already done a cut phase at some point. You should know the feeling of dieting. You should have experienced mm -hmm. it. You should, you know, be able to sit with the discomfort of hunger and be able to work through the process of a specific defined period of time where your focus is on then not growing, but instead actually dropping a little bit. And and I guess the question I always say to people is, when you do these things, did you even enjoy it? Because if you <laughs> went through that process and you physically, violently, vehemently hated it, then I would say this sport's not for you and you probably shouldn't practice. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like that's that. actually a really good, you know I, what I, mean? really good, I guess, perspective too, because, and look, I, I, I'm, 
really taking in everything you said, because I, I love all those notes that you touched on, um, people being, you know, extremely knowledgeable already, or having gone through maybe some mini preps or mini cuts or something uh, yeah. of that nature. But let's just be real here. Anyone can do a prep. It's as long as they're coachable, like if they're coachable and they're willing mm -hmm. to just take, you know, mm -hmm. your guidance. And as a coach, of course, you're a good coach and you're guiding them correctly, then you are actually going to walk them through all these things. You're going to teach yeah. them the deficit yeah. is, you know, actually something normal, right? Like to yeah. feel hunger. This is what's going to come out of this. I think so probably where we'll go with that conversation too, Steph, and you'll agree with me, is that it's not something where all of a sudden you decide, hey, I'm going to go hire a coach and 12 weeks from now I'm on stage. It should be, <laughs> I'm going to hire a coach and I'm going to learn the things that yes. we just discussed and they're going to help yes. me set myself up for success and we're going to have the blueprint and the baseline and the pre-prep phase under my belt. Um, they're going to actually be able to talk me through what to expect and in Steph's case, give you the forecast. Um, they're going to give you the negatives as well. Like, you know, we talk about these things all the time. A prep process is something that is it is not easy and it is not for everyone. There's a reason not everyone does it. There's also a reason why there's only a very small handful of people that are ever at the top because the level of sacrifice, the things you're going to experience that include, you know, energy drops, libido drops, um, social event sacrificing. Um, a lot of sacrifices. Your, your, yeah, your perception of what lean is is completely flipped on its head because what you thought. Body dysmorphia is, is real, like, you guys. Correct. <laughs> So not even what you're going to get to stage you know, looking like. And then letting go of it on the other side as you recover is a whole nother bag of tricks. And, um, you know, you get to this place where you have to expect to feel very, very, very uncomfortable at times in the process. And, you know, I find that if you're not working with someone that's already giving you those expectations and warning you of this will be around the corner in this next step or in this next phase or in this next adjustment you can expect to feel this 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 and this at these points in time um man it's going to be something that will be so hard to work your way through so you know it is I you're so right. i think coachability is a big thing i think um having worked with the coach to set these foundations up prior to the cut imperative and then I think, you know, when you're working yourself up for this, it's understanding that it's the physical and the metabolic foundations that have to be, you know, um, established before you even go into a cut phase. So if I'm talking to an athlete and I know that they are still not yet niggle-free, injury-free, um, they're still not yet mastered some of their main big lifts, we're yeah. still not progressing in the physique, even in an off-season with them undertaking you know maintenance and surplus calories then it's still not the right time yet you know and we still probably need a slightly longer phase because without building that foundation and that quality metabolic muscle tissue when we cut what are we going to reveal either no change or improvement on the last physique or last stage not issue and <laughs> and or uh i hate using the word skinny fat i, don't, I honestly love the best way to refer to it ali though like it really is I just say soft tissue to be nice, but like yeah, it's skinny fat. It is, like it is, you it actually is. look skinny fat. You're a skinny yeah. individual and you still feel fat. Like you actually yeah. feel it, but you're not. It's like you're not really actually not aesthetically. 
Correct. There's not the quality yeah. firmness and shapeliness and the hardness you know, of the muscle that we need with those, you know, exactly those, those. There's no hourglass and- shape either. I think right. a lot of girls are like, well, why don't I get the waistline? Why don't I get my abs? Like I'm like, you girl, build we get your else. habits <laughs> under control. Number one, we got to get the habits lined up because yes, like so you're true. saying, if you haven't already done something to set up the yeah. habits, you know, strength training has to already yeah. be Don, like, I, I yeah. don't care if you're a beginner. Honestly, I've had some of the best, like, first timers. And I mean that. I love my first timers. They've but... never done anything, like, yeah. at all. They, like, never really even touch weights before. And they're like, but I want to compete one day. <laughs> and you know what? Like, we'll go through a full-on year of adding some good lean mass onto their frame. Yeah. And then we'll discuss, like, what this looks like yeah. going into an actual prep. Because yeah. really okay. notice how I'm saying Let's build for a good year before mm-hmm. we actually discuss going into yeah. a process of trying to peel back some of those layers. And it may not be as necessary for some individuals because some individuals come from, you know, being ectomorphs, you know, versus yeah. a mess, you know, and like yeah. just trying to understand their body type, their genetics, you know, their genes, how they develop muscles. Some newbies, man, it's a pretty amazing how much they build muscle. Their those first newbie gains. I'm always so oh. jealous of it. Like, oh my I wish God. it was always like that though, because then they get discouraged. I wish I could have that time back again. <laughs> I can so have that time back this, again. You're a beginning. Take advantage, man. Like take advantage of the fact yeah. that you can actually add yeah. on quite a bit your first year and see some pretty yeah. massive changes your first yeah. year. Cause you're, essentially starting in a clean slate. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just our, you know, everyday activities are neat that requires our movement and things that, you know, we have, you know, doing. So now it's about converting that energy and the fuel you're actually intaking into a different source and applying it to create muscle, which is an amazing, honestly, just result. You I get love it. I love the process, the process of off-season. Oh. I love working with my pros where we're building that next level pro physique because, you know, mm-hmm. the process of how we approach, you know, the check-ins through to the performance mechanisms, through to the data analysis, like it's to me so much fun. more fun than just <laughs> peeling back layers. Like it really is because oh, you are yes. actually like the Picasso painting your, you know, masterpiece. Like it's so cool. And I never understand how people freak out about an off season. Cause I'm like, man, that's where the freaking magic happens. That's where you build the champion physique. So, Amen. you know, I think, so working with someone that can coach you through that, if you have issues with that is the first key that you have to work through. Um, but, you know, this made me actually think of a situation with a client where we, talk, we talked a little bit about first timers and, you know, the fact that they're very new and they have no idea about what the process looks like um, to spell it out for all of you. But it's a different thing, again, when you're actually working with someone who is who is an advanced trainee, been mm. training for a long time, might have transitioned across from like a power sport. Um, has a understanding of nutrition, but has been fueling for a different style of result, right? Or a different sport. And so their approach might not be as well balanced or, you know, um, have strategies included in it for weight management and hunger management and all these other things are important as we get into a cut phase. And then they also... Like I found I've got one client in particular that keeps coming to mind in this conversation 
the pre-prep phase is so important with these individuals. And it's not because they don't have the coachability or those um, basic blueprints on the things that we, you know, know need to happen from a understanding of tracking through to quality tissue, through to training, you know, um, knowledge. It's actually about their ability to have the habits, rituals and schedule and routine for a prep phase and a cut phase because they don't typically come from it. So this is where a pre-prep phase is super important. And I, and I have this athlete, so she's incredible and, you know, can track macros, no issues. Uh, when we're in our off season, obviously we're always flexible. I allow for all of that. When we get into the nitty and gritty of a cut phase to stage, we like to optimize their structure and make sure we get the best result leading into the stage, right. From a conditioning perspective and we had these conversations because she had a surgery leading into the start of a prep that we already had to manage, which meant we probably after a DEXA scan needed to drop body fat percentage a slight bit in order to go into the surgery, recover from the surgery, and then be in a good position, you know, in that 10 to 20% start, yeah. from stage weight starting point, right? So we had a lot of conversations around, okay, these are the targets, these are the parameters, and I'm talking even down to, you know, total sugar intake for the day. And after about six weeks, we identified that she was having a lot of issue hitting, you know, fiber and the sugar. So keeping the sugar under a hundred grams a day, I was like, babe, what are you doing? What are we, what are we eating? <laughs> go through this. Like, what the it's it's all yeah we had a lot lot. of fluctuations and when I talk about fluctuations I'm talking you know sort of 20 grams out in certain macros and Mm. you know maybe went as low as five inconsistency though guys there was yeah it's inconsistent variables a lot of fluctuations so life happens it's correct. like let's just put it that way like yeah, it's always going to come up correct. so giving yourself buffer so anyone's listening that's planning to do a show this transitional phase we're talking about is so imperative to make sure that you set up a progress rate that's yeah. actually you know the rate that you need not too slow not too fast correct. you know you're actually creating something that you know in your timeline let's say give yourself an extra few weeks to do this pre-prep yeah. phase Ali refers to it as I refer to it as a transitional phase into prep like hey we're going off this off season right building phase and we need to transition into prep yeah. like it's not just going to happen overnight yes it's the headspace and it's the accuracy because as a coach but also as an athlete there's nothing more um I would say limiting frustrating and anxiety building than feeling like you're not hitting the target points on expected rates of loss, right? But the only thing that will you know, delay that process of, you know, rubber meets the road, hitting the targets and nailing it is how long it takes you to get into the level of consistency, accuracy, compliance. It's those things, right? So what we did was I set her aside and went, right, this is, this is it. We've got to you now need to be meticulous. These are the actual targets. If you don't hit them and if you don't actually get these systems, habits, routines, and rituals in place in the next six weeks, and by this date, which was the kind of the cutoff point to be where we needed to be, um, we haven't achieved this, you can't do that show. Game over. You will not yeah. be competing till the end of the year. That yeah, is I love that word. Because you will not make the stage deadline we will not put the most competitive physique on stage because we'll be too far out from a body fat percentage from a starting point that we wanted and secondly you're gonna hate it you're gonna have a horrible experience mm. you're gonna really struggle this will be 
we're going to have such a slow out of the gate process that it's going to be detrimental to the entire experience. And then it will be detrimental to the whole, whole post-show experience too. So she was awesome. She was like, oh shit. Okay. This is serious. Like I've got to actually, I've got to actually put my, my shit together. together. So yeah. <laughs> and you know what? And this is, this is the thing. This is the coachability part because you can have the clear, honest, open conversation. Um, you can really spell out with very clear data and metrics too. These are the reasons why these are the points we're not hitting. This is where That's we're going to fix thought. this. Yeah. And what was great was she was like, okay, game on. I accept the challenge. And within literally three weeks, she was so on point inconsistency, awesome. one to two grams only outside of target. Everything was in the parameters that we set, she was starting to drop. She was dropping at the rates we wanted. We literally got yes. to the point of her surgery and we were only 300 grams above where I needed her to be. So That's lovely. Was, That's awesome. Exceptional. And then what was even better was her attitude and her, because she was so ingrained then in this process and these habits and this approach mentally to how she was applying this calculation, um, and then even just the consistency throughout her days of wear and timing and all sorts of things that we worked on. When we got out of the surgery, she has healed far faster. She's followed everything to the letter. We haven't gone backwards. We are now even at the start of the actual full prep a little ahead of the schedule that I thought we would be at. Yeah, so, baby, that's if awesome. we hadn't had that conversation, if I hadn't have identified that this was an issue now and we were still probably 10 weeks from starting a, a prep um we would have been in serious trouble and her prep would have been aggressive lots of oh. unnecessary muscle loss like I just wouldn't have even done it I, we would have pulled it I told her that I'm like we, you're not doing it if you can't get your shit together we're not doing it because we just I'm not going to put you through it right Yes. Look on that note because I find that so many let's say competitors that are past competitors that just have bad taste it's because they do these aggressive preps um they do these eight week preps and they expect all the work the build and the cut to be done on this eight weeks and that is so unrealistic you're not building and, while you're cutting oh it. no you can't so Look, please uh, remind maybe, yourself maybe at certain points there's still elements of it yes you're, I'm you're preserving not, muscle not, mass not like right i think it's a little cut a little good perspective to think of it. It's like trying to preserve as much muscle yeah. mass as you can, but you're going to lose even some in the midst of it. And guess what? You're not going to build. I'm sorry, but it's not no, optimal. Exactly. If you build a little, yeah. it's going to be a hair yeah. versus you can grow a full, can, full head That's hair, right? right? Like during a build, <laughs> like one little strand, I might come out and like, okay, cool, thanks. But it's not <laughs> like optimal. So you can't expect to grow in a cut. And I think, a lot of amateurs or people that they don't do. understand yeah, just they, think they, that both are going to happen together. Like, right. oh, you know, right. this 16, maybe they even have a good timeline, like 16, 20 weeks, whatever they think, yeah. you know, is, is necessary. But even then it's not enough time for them to even cut. So to have that misconception of building and cutting, I just want anyone listening to just kind of get that out of their head. Get out of, get out of your head. <laughs> <laughs> have the foundation first. Yeah, and you got to have it. Yeah. So that that example that was one, you know, relatively relatively recent, like in in the last six months, with an exceptional client, um, and an except she's actually an exceptional athlete. That's one example of why a pre prep phase is super important, and the difference 
the the reasons there might be differences too in where and how and when we apply it. But to give someone here listening to this that has no idea what a pre-prep phase is and has never done one and um, has never been exposed to it, the concept is that it's usually like a solid block of time. And depending upon, you know, some of the variables we talked about, so your knowledge and where you sit as an, as a beginner or an, an intermediate or an advanced trainee and all of those factors will dictate how long this process might be. And for so for some people, it might be as short as four weeks and you're in and you're into the zone, you've got the set, you know, you're in the flow, everything is optimized and you're ready to go. But for others, it might take 12 weeks. It might take three <laughs> to four months of a pre-prep phase oh, to man. get you to a point where mentally you're dialed in, um, Schedule-wise, it's locked and loaded. Um, you have the ability to say no to people and to set boundaries without any guilt. You have prioritized your values and your deadlines as something that's key of importance to you, and you act on that and you act according to that. Um, it is literally the time where a competitor is put into the best possible starting point prior to the competitive season. So it's where... You know, as we talked about, we're embedding the habits, we're looking at the daily rituals, we're looking at the routines and the variables that are going to prime you to do a cut without it being something that absolutely destroys you or where you ruin the first eight weeks trying to get it right and then wonder why the remaining you know, 12 out. to 16 isn't enough time and you don't come mm -hmm. to stage looking properly. You look like you're still maybe four to six weeks out. It's because you didn't start right, not from day one, hitting oh. the pound, you know, hitting the um, pavement and pounding. So what does this even include? If we're talking about this phase for so people that aren't sure, one of the things that we always look at is identification of body composition. So where do we actually sit? Where oh, are we sitting? We always have our, you know, team do like a DEXA scan, which is, you know, more your gold standard. Here, if it's not for the, my USA listeners, in-body scans are pretty much like what your normal DEXA scan would look like here. DEXA scan is going to be a little bit um, more yeah. informative. It's going to give you a little bit more, of course, detail, but an yeah. in-body is a little more common here in the States yeah. uh, and then, or more accessible to that. more accessible and they're also way cheaper. So whatever yeah. you data point is you just use the same data point for consistency guys you know if yep. that's what you're going to roll with then you roll with that and you use that as just a trending analysis but the mm -hmm. the primary component and reason for doing that initial assessment is well how much do I actually even have to lose like am mm -hmm. I even where I need to be for a cut phase because that determines when the cut phase starts, but it also determines, you know, am I even in the right space now? And do we need to do this pre-prep maybe at the right and appropriate time? Because the last thing you want to do, if a pre-prep phase includes a cut, you don't want to do a cut and then go straight from a cut into a cut because you've got mm. nowhere to go. And there's all these down regulation and adaptations that occur that you want to try to avoid. So you kind of have to position the pre-prep phase far enough out that you could then come back to maintenance, have a little bit of a, a time period between the maintenance and then the actual cut cut, right? So yeah, you've yeah. got to determine, am I 10 to 20% body weight from my stage weight right now? Because if not, I mean, I've got some work to do, right? And just to piggyback on what you just commented, because I find that there's just, of course, two different spectrums. We've got probably the majority of people that are falling underneath the category that you're referring to, that they need to lose body fat. They need to lose more than actually gain. But we've had that, you know, percentage of people that actually are opposite, right? They actually need to gain more mass, Sorry. gain more fat. Yes. 
gain and, in in every aspect because yeah. i have some of my girls and i'm like girl i gotta get you to eat yeah. i gotta get you to eat yeah. more i gotta get you to like build up your metabolism so then we can yeah. train and then yeah. start prep. so, so it's my next difference on i guess it's so individuals. true it's so true though <laughs> and that'd be my next point which is realistically right um, and the reason that we would be having that conversation about whether or not a cup might be needed is because realistically, you should have already been in a build phase for 12 months or close to before you even Correct. start a cup. So you're listening to this people, people turn the volume up. You should not mm. be cutting for an entire year, then expect to do a cut to stage. You should have been building at <laughs> maintenance and accurately, <laughs> yes, like accurately tracking and focusing on nutrition quality and focus on fueling for performance and focus on um, nurturing the development of your physique. So when you cut the layers back, like Steph talked about at the very start, when you cut the layers back, you have the physique you need to be competitive on stage, but also you have health markers still sitting in a relatively good place because we'll talk about this as well whether you like it or not this sport is one that is going to drive your health markers down even with the best laid plans and even with the best approach you are not going to avoid it completely because we are literally starving ourselves on purpose okay like it's we're not a normal sport to do this and it's not healthy to do it for years on end so if you're maybe editor that's listening and has FOMO and it's like, no, but I got, I got to do a prep. Like you're just always having that FOMO to just be in prep. And, and I've seen these individuals and I show you, I'm sure you have 100%, too. Ali. I've hundred percent crazy seen enough to just always yeah. be dieted down and they show they to show to show. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like just doing back-to-back shows and yep. being in a deficit year round. It's just the way they love to be stressed out and love to live. And it is not mm-hmm. healthy because guess what? I've seen the most is more hormonal imbalances, much more, let's say, immune, autoimmune diseases that have, that happen, immune system problems, like just constantly sick, uh, injuries all the time. Like, God, so many things on end that just continue happening from staying in a deficit or in a cut, just saying. If you did a cut for a year and then decided to do a prep, you probably need to do that prep phase. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) that on just building and um, then cut and um, but if you yeah a big mistake I see people make is they will go um I'm only going to hire a coach at the very end when I need to do the cut yeah okay so makes me laugh again, all of the so things we just talked about are a problem because the best athletes and the best competitors and the ones that do the best actually work with someone all year round and champions do that. I mean, I know I have always worked with people all year in some capacity at some point on my journey. So for me, largely a lot of it has been around like the rehabilitative process with injuries and stuff. Um, But then I have 100% had great mentors in the space that I practice and niche in, which is, you know, surrounding the food and the prep process itself. So if you fail to do that and you fail to still be coachable all year round in the time that actually matters, which is not the cut to stage, but the time from post stage through to the start of the cut, that's what matters most. And if you are not working with someone in that time with a little bit of structure, strategy, purpose, and education, um, I'm I'm sorry, but you're just missing out on so much. You're half-assed. I'm sorry, yeah, and also health. So 
I'm, we're going to go and we're going to segue from the things that Steph just talked about, which is the other person that needs to put size on. So we're going to talk about that because that's going to take us to a different route, which is you should not be competing yet because you should be doing an off season. So we'll talk about that in a minute. But to finish off the you should not compete yet because we don't have this structure set up and you need a proper pre-prep phase, which means you might need to delay the season or you need to start earlier to do this pre-prep phase. It is also about making sure and confirming that you have a very healthy relationship with food, self, and training. Because if your conversations are in any way, shape, or form, you know, negative, self-destructive, um, you know, um, more is more and not capable of actually looking at the process as the big picture, then that's also an issue. Um, and then, as I said, it's the habits and the routines necessary for a successful prep that have got to be embedded in this phase. So not winging it for the first four to six weeks and hoping you get close. It's about being on point, on target, then hitting the start of the cut. That's important. The, the other light thing- switch turn on. Like, exactly. Because I feel like so many, so many athletes are exactly. waiting so to turn the switch on and when that switch actually turns on everything falls into place like like those habits everything because they know that deadline is so close but sometimes that's just turned on too late and like you've got to get it turned on quicker than you you actually you do and I think part of the pre-prep phase is you know the coach guiding people to what to expect. So that forecast, it's, it's yes, promoting the positives and the pros that come out of the prep process and the self-development and the, you know, the stage experience itself, but it's also being really honest about, Hey, this is the shit show that comes with it too, because these are the things you're going to feel at the different times. And these are the things we will do to try to mitigate the depth of which you feel them um, and how you survive them and how you get through them but you want to be aware of it, right? And I think not being aware of those things is detrimental before you step into the prep. You should already be aware of what's coming. I think the other thing is, you know, being really conscious and very comfortable that you can follow a consistent structured approach to nutrition every day, day in, day out, that you are comfortable working with a meal plan because I don't care who you are at some point, it becomes a meal plan, people, whether you are initially putting it together with a flexible macro approach or not, uh, there's rigidity and there is structure and there is optimized structure and it becomes a meal plan. So if you can't do that, then that's another question mark. Right. Um, People already come into it saying, I can't plan. And I'm like, well, you're not good for prep. Like I'll be straight up. If you can't follow something for the same Mm. days in and out, the variables need to stay the same. For yeah. weeks on end. And yeah. some people can't do that. It's true. They and do. And the other thing is it's where food becomes numbers, people. Like it's almost like food doesn't have the same meaning and the same, you know, um, enjoyment factor for you for a period of time because it becomes about fuel, numbers, means to an end, purpose, strategy, and that is it. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of what it's like. So if you're if you're someone who is a self-professed foodie and can't go without <laughs> having multiple different dinners a week, then you may definitely struggle slash not get the result you want in this process. So that's another thing. But that um, doesn't mean you can't do it because I no, want these foodies out there true. to listen right now. Look, if you're a foodie, 
want you to realize it's temporary. You're not going exactly to right. say goodbye short to your period of time. It's a short period of time that you're doing it. And I mean, maybe short is not the good word for everybody because for some well, people you think about it though, short, being, you know, short it's just being... temporary. Like, I don't want to say the word short because some people will say short is only four weeks. Like, I'm like, okay, let's, let's, let's change the, I'm thinking short more like three months out of 12, which is still like a a season, right? Like a season, like, but people don't get that, I guess, understanding of knowing it's just temporary. So if you think you're about to say goodbye to your good, like, I guess, variety of meals for a year. That's not at all. That's not what we're saying. No. We're just getting down down to the nitty gritty. You've already started your pre-prep. You've mm-hmm. already done good habits. It could have been through flexible macros, flexible approach. Yeah. And then the yeah. systems become a little bit more rigid because we understand the variables that are making your yeah, body correct. respond. That's right what way. it is. So yeah. that way we want to keep those variables the same. You yeah. don't want to keep changing things weeks after weeks and just wonder why does my body look different this week? Why do I not drop this Fresh. week? And it's like, you want to create that progress rate. So if you're listening to this and you are a foodie, don't get discouraged because you think you're never going to you know, have a certain meal again. It's just going to be for a certain amount of time and you'll then exactly. be able to reverse and implement exactly. them in a slow manner and just get them back in. And the reverse, honestly, is more about finding yeah. that lifestyle balance for you, which I know we've had multiple topics on reverse and you can always go back and listen to those episodes in regards to reverse, um, just process and kind of what that looks like. And, uh, you know, the, the struggle post-show that we all, which is a whole nother beast again. Right. And I think, um, if you're already having conversations and we're already identifying red flags prior to the cut phase, even starting, then there is no way you're actually going to make it out the other side of the stage because that side is even harder than the prep itself quite largely and so you know when we're talking about the pre-prep phase that sets you up for the success it also will weed out whether or not you even enjoy it you know it gives you an opportunity to be like hey this is not what I was thinking it was going to be this is not glamorous at all and maybe (laughs) maybe I should reconsider my goals do you know what I mean maybe I want to do a photo shoot instead and there is nothing wrong with that I think that this gives you that time and that opportunity without completely destroying yourself or your health um, to determine if it's even for you so that's our pre-prep phase and then when we have those other you know side of the scale which we sort of talked about um, where it's and I have a couple of athletes that have been like this so we can use them as examples too where the conversations about actually gaining any kind of weight on the scale in a off-season process and getting their head around food and sitting at the right level of EA um, has been so challenging for them that they self-sabotage. They'll they'll have days where they just don't eat all their food and then they'll go on these crazy like wanna, you know, eat different. Yeah, like it's 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 a mental hurdle for them. Um, then then you know they can't, they can't, they can't go to stage, they can't even start a cut, they can't do anything until they move into a place where that it goes with the body dysmorphia. Like how those individuals that struggle with like gaining a pound or losing a Mm -hmm. pound, meaning in the way that they're just on top of like, oh my God, what happened? Yeah. Or what, what what do I need to do? Or like my body's broken or it's not fixed. Like all these things yeah. that I guess your narratives you tell yourself, you yeah. might've been in this mentality of staying skinny or staying lean or, yeah, or having abs or like or having abs. Yeah. I think having- what I find 
Steph, and you might you might get this too. For a lot of women, it's like this fear of letting go of a midsection. It's the first thing they always say is, I've put on too much fluff, I've got too much stuff going on around my stomach, you know, like, and they freak out about it. And that's probably the biggest thing that stops a lot of women from actually building their physique and building their metabolism and getting to the place that we need them to be at. So, you know, whenever I hear any conversation from someone and there's a hesitancy or a roadblock or there is, um, you know, constant conversations where they are putting themselves down or they're pulling apart or picking apart one or two body zones only constantly failing to see the progression in other body parts or even the progression, even in that zone that they're hung up on. My immediate thing is always, we're not competing this year. We're not even touching it. Don't even consider it. It's not even on the cards. And until we can get to a place where your conversation with self is definitely more positive and our approach to the off season is one way you are not avoiding food or gaining weight or all of those things. There is no way we can go to stage. There is just none. You're not even in a position to consider it. So when we talk about the people that, you know, might have to lose, we're talking more about the people now that are, you know, needing to go the other way and actually lean into developing and gaining and growing versus, you know, yeah, well, just cutting. Having, yeah, having someone that comes to you, if you're a coach listening or like, man, this person has potential, but they really need to have a baseline and they're from where they're at now, it's just not sufficient. They're going to literally be like just bones whenever they <laughs> drop down because exactly. they're already so small. So really building up the frame, building up that hourglass shape, building up more legs, building up more glutes, right? Trying to actually build exactly. a nice taper in your upper body. Cause that's what yeah, I mean. All the things you small. actually need. Yeah, I'm so scared to build. I'm going to turn manly. I'm going to get bulky. I'm going to get all of these things. I'm going to lose my abs. Like, I want you to look at the upside. You're going to actually gain strength. You're going to gain a booty. Let's just, let's say hooray to that. Come on. Like, you're going to have glutes, even if you don't got abs, because that's the plus during a build. You get to say hello, booty versus bye-bye abs. It's okay. Like, it's no big deal. you got to sacrifice something sometimes during different to, seasons to be able to grow and be in a position to do it as a sport you do need to right and you know what let's come back to your word Steph temporary it's temporary you will 100% be able to peel back layers and you'll be way happier with what you actually unwrap if you lean into and do a proper off season, because you're not going to be just putting something on stage. I guarantee you, this is what I see happen year in, year out. You'll get someone that's adamant and they're like, nope, I'm definitely doing stage. You can't talk me out of it, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, you know what? Then fine. This is your, this is your lesson. This is your learning. Um, It's not that we are in a bad position metabolically, but I'm going to tell you right now, you do not have enough muscle and we're going to get to the stage and you're going to be scrawny oh, and you're going to turn around and you're going to look at every other bitch in the lineup beside you. And you're going to be like, <laughs> shit, she was right. It was you know right. I, I look, I do not look like I can be in the top five. I am not competitive. And at first they'll blame everyone but themselves, but eventually they do come around and admit that, Hey, you know what? I did need to grow more and I probably should have listened. Um, 
I'd like people to listen to this episode though and maybe avoid that part because you don't need to spend that money, that time, that investment and go through that mental anguish of self-critiquing yourself and pulling yourself apart after the fact. And instead just lean into and start to work through the discomfort of the the reasons why you prevent yourself from going into an off-season slash development slash growth slash building focus. Work through them instead because they are going to be tied to some stuff that will be linked to things like self-confidence and self, you know, um, acceptance and the relationship with self. And I think that's super important that you build through that and that you work through those elements because once you do, you'll be an unstoppable force and you'll be very competitive in the sport. If you fail to do that, you're always going to have a limit, a ceiling on what you can present, but you're also going to potentially do some damage to yourself, both mentally and physically, you know? So I really hope anyone listening to this has gone, okay, shit, maybe I need to take a year off, you know, because I think that is the most underrated part of this process for a lot of people. They just don't want to do that part. And it is going to be the key to being a winning physique, a constantly evolving physique, a, you know, um, competitive pro-level physique or someone who does it as a bucket list once and then regrets everything that they did along the way to get there because they know, in hindsight, they could have done things better. Do you know what I mean? I do, and I agree because I – and I also want to make sure that anyone that's listening and, and hearing this, like, okay, I should take a year to build. Like, I'll do that. But, you know, the, the biggest mistake I see people do, and you touched on this earlier, was – they go into the builds maybe alone and they don't understand the efforts or what it takes to actually build muscle. And they think yes. they're building like I've actually so many people think I'm going to go, I'm going to train on my own. I'm going <laughs> to do the thing, right? Like I'm going to build, I'm going to eat, I'm going to bulk, I'm going to come, gonna, beast. You know, and I'm gonna come, come back. back. You're going to prep me like, and then I'm going to come back for prep. So the biggest mistake I see is just doing a prep. And yeah. not actually being coached during a build. Yeah. There's so much during a build that requires coaching to yeah. make sure you're actually adding progressive overload. You're actually making sure your body's adapting and you're yeah. actually challenging your body to enter different phases to grow. Yeah. Like I, I don't understand how so many individuals have gone through a build and never went through pain, meaning they never forced themselves to actually be challenged and to go to so, failure. They don't know what actual failure, failure point is. So like, yeah. oh my God, I, I feel like a bus fucking hit me. Like, I mean it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they're falling down I'm the cool. stairs after leg day. They can't get on the toilet. They're like, oh my God. Yes. But that means months on end, like a good yeah. year of doing that. But yeah. most people will not push themselves to that degree of yeah. failure, of actually knowing this yeah. is where I need to be in order exactly. to grow. So if you exactly. haven't taken time with maybe a good coach to truly guide you through a build, then this yeah. is probably a great time for you to take 2024 and say, I want to be competitive. I want to go yeah. and, and build a, a great physique for 2025. Man, we're on the same boat. You can hop hey, on the look, boat. I was just going to say, you should have heard <laughs> Stephanie and I talking about this on the very last episode with our intentions and where we're going and what our returns respectively to stages are. And neither of us are rushing. Both of us are 
you know, recognizing that we're going into build phases for the first time in quite a freaking long time and loving every, loving every concept in that process too, you know, where, and this, this will be really great for a lot of listeners that are on that second spectrum that we talked about that are, um, you know, anguish and anxiety and, you know, fear around it, follow both of us. I urge you to, because we will both share various aspects of our journey respectively over the next sort of 12 to 18 months. And I think it's going to be really beneficial for you because we will both talk about all of these things, you know, the, 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 the discomfort points, the, when we grow out of clothes points, the two different parts of the wardrobes that we have to manage because we've got our off season and our you know coming into stage cupboards, like, we will share all of these things with you. And I think um, when you can see that the things we've discussed on the podcast, we're actually putting into action. I think it might help some of you to move past that concept of I need to be Instagram worthy all year round. Well, actually, no, you freaking don't. You need to be honest and you need to show the people that don't know enough about the sport or that might be junior in it, that it takes more than just looking abs and stage lean all year round on Instagram to actually be a a role model, but be a very competitive and a high level athlete in the sport takes way more than that. You need to be able to have moved through all the various phases and off season should be where you spend most of your time in the year. Yes. Yes. Which again, if you're considering a prep and maybe you're a first timer, but you've been, you've actually been training. You've actually been training, maybe some strength training for a few years, or maybe just a year you just started, but it's within that 12 months and you've actually, you know, progressed. You feel like, man, I've, I've actually grown since I first started and you're a newbie. Cause I'm telling you those newbie games. Yeah. I, I'm jealous. I yeah. am. I wish I could get in the in the amount of time. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, don't get discouraged to do a show this year. I want you to actually map out, maybe do that pre-prep and start building up the habits yeah. and actually start doing the things right. that you know are gonna set you up to have a successful prep and making sure that you actually understand what a prep looks like. Because exactly. then that's gonna give you that forecast to know, okay, exactly. this is what you know, first, you know, um first part of the prep will feel the mid part of the, the prep foundation the is yeah. of, the, of the prep yeah. and you'll actually be able to map out a good timeline yeah. of course make sure that you're instilling these things day to day those variables get as consistent as possible as time goes on because those variables are working for you with sleep food training recovery all exactly. the things that matter so just make sure so you're due to recap day. I think, you know, and a great way to to put it for all of you would be, okay, you've made the decision, I want to compete, hands gone up, that's it for me. Okay, that's great. So don't wait until the comp prep cut phase to build the following skills. These are the things that should already be established. This is what we've discussed. This is where your pre-prep phase, this is where an off-season is super important. Number one, tracking accuracy. You have to understand the fundamentals of tracking macros and calories, and you must be able to incorporate this skill consistently and accurately now, not when the cut starts now. You need to be able to, when the dial needs to be turned up, turn it up and get discipline and structure around it. Number two, you need to have nutritional consistency. So being confident in your ability to prepare your food and eat according to the consistent schedule that we've discussed earlier that removes fluctuations and variables and understanding that at some point 
the flexibility process, the dial goes down and you move into a meal plan structure because it is absolutely necessary at a certain point in the prep. So you need to be comfortable with knowing that and moving into it. You need a lifestyle that is conducive to the bodybuilding lifestyle. Is it ultimately something that you can sit in, be passionate about, love? Because you know what? Competing is a choice. Whether you like it or not, complain about the negatives. You chose to to be there. And the only time you're going to be truly um, successful in this sport is if you are passionate about the process. You love the challenge. You you thrive in the moments that are hard. You come out of it feeling like, you know, a a better version of yourself. If you are incapable of doing that, then again, sport might, might not be for you. But you can grow these skills as well. So I would start focusing on those. I would also think that training and body composition, so enjoying training, sticking to a very structured process that is not short and is not spicy, but instead is structured, strategic, purposeful, building the physique you need for the category you've chosen to compete in, and you're able to stick to it with progressive loading for eight to 12-week blocks That is what you need to be able to do. That is another skill. Um, You also need the right level of muscle tissue. So if you haven't got it yet, recognizing that and getting into an off season, I would say communication is absolutely imperative. Setting boundaries with friends and family, having a good coaching relationship, being able to discuss, you know, where you need to be, the pros and the cons of a prep, do the forecasts, you know, it's understanding the journey you're about to undertake and acknowledging all of the points in it before you even step into it. And then I think the biggest thing and final thing is the expectations. You know, what do you even expect to get from a comp prep? What is your wife for doing it? Are you aware of what it's going to look like at various phases? And if you're not, then start talking to people and getting across it because Failure to have an understanding mentally and preparing a little bit mentally for those moments um, will make that prep process either really unenjoyable or incredibly difficult for you. So they're the sort of key skills and tips that I would give that I think are imperative before you even get to the cut phase. And I know we've touched on, you know, a lot of these things in the podcast, but um, Steph, you know, with the show season right upon us, I hope everyone listening to this has been able to go, okay, great. I recognize this or I recognize that or yep, shit, that's me. And has some sort of tool resource or understanding from the stuff we've discussed to go and do something about that, whether it's revisit their expectation on the show they had chosen and maybe change it, or if it's talk to the coach about maybe shit, we might need to do a pre-prep phase coach or, hey, Maybe, just maybe, (laughs) I actually eat more food and we hit a stage in 2025 instead. You know, I just think hopefully something has come out of listening to this for some of you. Oh, man, I really hope so, too. And just to really leave you guys with a little final thing, because you might be having some listeners here and being like, but man, I thought I was going to compete this year. Now I don't feel like I'm ready to compete. I don't (laughs) think I'm in the position to, you know, go on stage. And I don't want to discourage anyone because I do believe there's so much power within actually instilling habits for a prep. Maybe physically you may not be ready. You may not be having the right amount of level of muscle mass to enter a category. But just to let you guys know, with the FMG, there is a transformation category. And this category allows you to still participate in the whole show 
learn mm -hmm. what the ins and outs of what it takes to compete, to maybe look at that in the future and yeah. say, this is my first deadline. I really want to get my feet wet, but I don't want to put the pressure on myself to say, I have to like be my best. I have to be ready. Like all the notes and key points that we gave today are for those that are ready to enter those classes and categories. Open categories. Yep. Okay. So Open like, you want to bring your best. You want to level up. Everything that we said on this podcast is meant for you. But if you are a first timer and you're like, man, I don't think I fit any of the stuff that they talked about today. I don't want you to leave and think you don't get it's an opportunity to get on the stage because you get <laughs> to still learn how to do all of these things. If you hire a coach that actually understands what the outcome should look like and how to walk you through this, you're going to be fine and you're going to probably gain way more experience about how to do this properly going yeah. in instead of a competitor for yeah. a class category that would be open or your age category, then you're going to actually be gaining just more of the mentality of, okay, I know how the travel works. I know how the show, you know, organization works. I know what it entails as far as attire. I know kind of where I failed during my prep essentially to get to that deadline. Cause I, I believe in this so powerfully. If you have a goal with the deadline, you are going to get that magnet pull you in and you're not going to deter because you have that deadline in front of you. No matter what, you're going to make it happen. And it's not about how you look. It's about making it to that stage because you are setting a goal for yourself to actually say, I can do this. I know exactly. I can do it. It's not about yeah. anything else, about a look. Yeah. It's not about a placing. It's not about a title. It's about going and proving to yourself that you can yeah. actually follow through with the goal, with the deadline and say, I want to learn. I just want to learn. Is this for me? Is it not for me? You might have that itch. You just kind of want to wet your feet. Please yeah. try the transformation. Exactly. And, and that's actually a really great there. point. I'm glad you raised it because it is beautiful for that. It is about the celebration of where you are in your fitness journey at this point in time, it's not your final destination. So this is a really great way for people that, um, you know, are literally in a different space where it's about losing, changing, getting to, you know, a place that gives them a base even to prep for an open category. Um, this is a great way to go about it. And you will actually learn where, you know, you are in the trenches learning as you're going. So, that is a great point to make. Um, you know, primarily most of what we discussed was at our open category athletes, but um, but you're right. There is by no stretch of the imagination no place for people that don't fit that just yet because there is, you know, and the transformation division is beautiful. We use it a lot for people that are kind of halfway there or three quarters of the way there um, to celebrate where they're at now so that they actually still, you know, have those achievements because I think that is important. It's one of the things, and I'll leave it at this, because it, it was a very touching class for me ever since mm. I, I saw the class mm. ever. And it was, it was, it was my pro debut. I'll never forget this. I watched a gal in a wheelchair roll herself oh. in a two-piece on stage. So beautiful. And I'm here fearful to even just walk. I remember shaking in my freaking boots. I didn't want to go on stage. It was my pro debut. I remember it was, oh, I met Hattie that show. I was like, oh my God, I like freaking just met Hattie and like she's winning this show. And she did win that show, by the way. It was her first title win in, in my pro debut at the time. And I was just fearful in the lineup. And I just had just seen 
this girl in transformation go out in this wheelchair, roll her chair, do a spin and like bring her arms up above her head and was just so wow. confident in the fact that she was showing her story, meaning I don't yeah. care if I can walk. I'm in a two piece. I freaking prep for I this. Right. I look great. Yeah. This is my stage. This is my time. And I yeah. was in tears. Like I, I couldn't believe that I was sitting here in my two freaking fucking heels. I'm sorry, but I was like, <laughs> she can't even rock. And I'm bitching about me going on the stage right now for my pro debut. And this woman is just proved to me what Rocking it takes it. to just be confident in your skin. Yeah. It was yeah. so inspiring. And I cannot so stress. Some of the best stories are going to be on that transformation category stage. So if you have a story, if there's something that has driven you that, mm -hmm. you know, has happened in your life, whether if it was an illness, an accident, some, you know, obviously yeah. overweight, like just weight loss journey, there's something for you. So don't get discouraged. Keep on building these habits. I hope that all the tips right. for, of course, competitors that are already in prep or want to start a prep or looking to compete um, took some good takeaways, but also those that haven't ever competed and, and want to make, maybe compete this instilled an inspiration to maybe yeah. test out the transformation and you didn't know about it. So definitely look at the FMG, uh, shows they yes. are released with their website. There's yes. a new website. You guys can go and check it out and just see the criteria they've looked. Oh, it looks so beautiful the way they already have everything laid out. Yeah. So learn a little bit more and just keep on listening to Kelly and I will bring you guys more information Absolutely. as this new year, you know, unravels, but I'm, I'm blessed to have you, Ali. I'm blessed to have all of you. Thank you oh, guys for likewise. likewise. And I hope that everyone got something out of today. And if you have friends um, or family or anyone that's talking about competing, looking at competing in a process at the moment, and you the listen best. to some of what we You're said and it resonates please share it with them. Um, you know, please, you know, send us comments, send us experiences. We, we love seeing them, reading them. We acknowledge all of you. And we, we are so grateful, so grateful for all of you. And if you have any questions too, you know, reach out because we, we're always happy to help and happy to tell you if we think maybe you should be considering one of these other options before a stage. Um, but until next week, I will uh, look forward to seeing you all then. Steph, happy new hey. year. Happy New Year to you guys and you, Allie. And until next time, take care. Bye.